Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast live from E3 2018 in the Facebook Gaming Live Studio. I am Andrea Renee, joined as always by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And Miss Brittany Brombacher. I have big bags under my eyes. <laughs> you actually don't. You actually don't. Oh, <laughs> you ladies are too kind. She's like, I have masked them She's with makeup. Oh, you yes. don't even know. Concealer is a girl's best friend at E3. Pounds. So as you guys can tell, we are recording this very special episode of What's Good Games here on the show floor in the West Hall in Los Angeles at E3 2018. It has been a wild week, ladies. It's been a very long week, but it's been a very good week. Yes. That's it. It's exhausting, but we love what we do. And so I feel like it's a good exhausting. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. I did love your text this morning, though, when you were like... Can someone bring some uh, help for me yeah. to carry my bags under my eyes? Oh, I woke up. My eyes were half the size that they normally were this morning. I'm like, this is not good. So I brought those little, like, what are they? The little, little like the, oh, hydrogen the gel patches? Like, that, that oh, you recommended yeah. to me, and it has saved my life every those day this collagen week. patches? Collagen patches. That's what they are. Oh, yeah. the best. I oh. brought a big jar of them this time. <laughs> I, I, like, I went to my, my favorite um, Korean skincare place in the mall by Kind of Funny, and I was like, What's the biggest vat of these things that you have? <laughs> she showed me this one that has a hundred different eye patches in it, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is what I need." Oh, man. definitely been saving it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys know this is your source for nerdy video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny, funny stuff. stuff. And we are here. <laughs> oh, I Brittany love it. Chimed in at the end there. It's great. Thanks. We saw a bunch of games here at E3, and it kicked off yeah. really early for me at EA Play. I hope that you guys checked it out that of course is available on the ea's youtube page if you guys missed the live we're broadcast. not just gonna skirt right over that you kicked ass Aww, baby girl hosting that press conference you were so natural you made it look so easy just congratulations well you know we did no rehearsals i just showed yep. up that morning and just rolled out of bed this wasn't a work in progress <laughs> probably at all I'm you know <laughs> i know you are there were so many rehearsals you guys but it was so fun it was so fun getting to meet all of those developers and talk to them on a much closer basis. And it really gave me such an appreciation for all of the press conferences that we see at E3 every year. And just how much work mm-hmm. goes into making those shows happen. And having so many developers come up to me after I sent out that tweet about managing expectations. And if the reveals, even if it wasn't what you wanted, to just remember that real people made Make these the things. Games. Made these trailers. Made these gameplay demos put together all of this awesome artwork mm-hmm. and to get all of those developers in one spot putting on shows like it's a it's a lot and it was um it was really cool it was really cool to be part of that and I'm so grateful that EA asked me to 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 be involved so bring her back bring her back <laughs> 
Listen, I can't start thinking about E3 2019. No. Well, E3 2018 is not even done yet. Uh, we're still <laughs> going. <laughs> we have all of these uh, extended hours. So this was the first year that the ESA decided to do industry hours and gamer hours. So yes. they started selling the gamer passes last year. We talked about on the show when we were recording um, about the difference and having them. And they changed some security protocols this year. And I think the backpack rule actually helped a lot on the show oh, floor. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. People aren't just basically walking Exactly. <laughs> so they own, only media were allowed to, and select exhibitors, I think, I were think, allowed yeah. to bring backpacks on the show floor this year. If you had a gamer pass or if you had an industry badge, no backpacks for you. Dun, dun, so it dun. made moving around the show floor, uh, I think, simpler. I didn't think that there was yeah. no moment where I felt, like, super crowded this year. No. It was, it was fine for me. But granted, I didn't, like hang out a ton on the show floor, but yeah. whenever I went, it definitely didn't feel claustrophobic at all. Yeah, it was good that we had more stuff in meeting rooms, but mm-hmm. Britt, you were the only one that really went super all the way into the Nintendo booth. That that looked like the that busiest booth thing at the show this year. Yeah, the, the hallways, I didn't get shoulder checked, and again, I think it's because of the backpack, you know, people aren't swinging around, but there were some very, like, claustrophobic moments, but if you're just like a ninja and you zip around and you like, then you can, like, easily get where you need to go. Uh, but the show floor, I thought, you know, it, it, I like the media hours, is what I'm trying to say here. The media hours are good. Thank you for, for implementing those. Very, very, very helpful. The, but other than that, it felt typical E3, to me, honestly. Like, with the crowdness, I didn't notice anything. I'm so dead. <laughs> She's hanging in there, ladies and gentlemen, because we have so many games to talk about. But because yes. we are recording live from E3, it's not going to be as long as the show as you might be anticipating but don't worry, we've got next week. We've got plenty of time to take more deep dives. If you guys watch our GameSpot co-op stage appearance, we had special guest Jake Baldino join us to talk about nine crazy cool things we saw at E3. Unfortunately, well, there was a little miscommunication between <laughs> us and the stage crew about just how much time we had. Yes. We thought we had a little bit more time than we did, so we didn't actually get to finish That's true. everything there. We did talk about quite a bit, but um, we started to talk about Microsoft's announcement about their five new studios. So on stage on Sunday, they announced The Initiative, which is a brand new studio here in Los Angeles in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And then they acquired Ninja Theory, which was which is crazy. Bonkers. That the, the developers who made Hellblade Senua Sacrifice, one of the Game of the Year contenders from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they acquired Playground Games, which makes Forza Horizon, yeah, which is fantastic. They also acquired Undead Labs, the folks behind State of Decay 2, which recently just came out. Yep. And the last thing that they acquired was... The We Happy Few developer. Oh, Compulsion Games. Compulsion, Compulsion. Games. Uh, yeah. We Happy Few, we saw on the Xbox stage two or three years ago, I think, for the first time. Yeah, it's been there for a it's hot minute. It's been more than two or three years. It's been like four years. Since the original reveal? <laughs> it's been a long time. Wait, really? Yeah, I, I mean, I was back. I, just, year I know Let's see. where I was in life, and that was more than two years ago. Yeah. Summer's just like, it was forever. Ago, it was a guys. while. Um, but a now minute. we got a release date. It's coming out in August. So it was one of my uh, favorite games that I played during Judges Week. I really liked it. I'm, good. I'm excited to see where they're going to take it. It's hard when you take a, a game that's so narrative-based like uh, We Happy Few and show it in like a demo setting. So, um, But we're not here to talk about that. Nope. We We've are here. We've got so many other things. To talk about Anthem. That's going to be our first game, you guys. Okay. Yes. So... Where do we start? Where do I mean, we start? It kicked off the week 
right? Because it's one of the first, EA was EA one of the play, first yeah. games ah. um, to come out. And then for me, it's been the one game that's still stuck with me the entire time. And you and I actually just snuck upstairs to like get another play another it go. again. Oh, you got to play again? We yes. did. So here at E3 and at EA Play, they had a section a playable. The, pl- the part that you guys saw in the press conference when I did the panel with the team from Bioware, uh, we got to play through that. Um, they had the Ranger Javelin playable mm-hmm. and the Colossus Javelin playable. Right. So we got to play both of them. You so got to play the Colossus, right? I was the Ranger. Yeah, she so was you were the Ranger. Ranger? I want to be Colossus, though. Oh, my gosh. You, you guys. literally are a tank. It's interesting so how different they do feel when you play them. So were you a good. Ranger this time? I So, yeah. So we switched. So I was the Ranger this time, and she was the Colossus this yeah. time. Yeah. And we, I think we have some um, a, some gameplay footage to show you guys. You can, if you missed it by some chance... I hope you didn't, but it, um, go back and watch it. It's so good. You can watch it right now while we talk. Um, so, Simer, which one did you like better? Uh, I'm more of like a zippy. I like mobility, so the Ranger was much more my speed. However, it's not to say that the Colossus wasn't fun, because it is kind of cool to be just a giant put up a that you can detonate mines. Yeah, like, things don't really hurt you that much. You can just kind of go in there with a really powerful weapon. That's very fun. But at the same time, I just do, I really like mobility. I like zipping around. So um, for me, the Ranger was a little more my speed. But I have a feeling when they finally allow us to play Interceptor or Storm, those two may be the ones that I go back and forth on the most. Because they just seem the most, I like, I like very stylized gameplay. You like Like, I like Splash. I like a little pomp and circumstance with my games. No, no, just be honest. You want the cape. You just oh, want the cape. I want the cape. But I'm saying Interceptor also, I think, has an interesting visual design with it. Yeah. It's not as cool as the cape, but it's still cool. And I think I, I'm interested to see what that becomes because the Interceptor is the one they just haven't talked about really at all. Um, so I, it has piqued my curiosity. Well, it's very possible that they're still working on it and tweaking it and maybe oh, they're going to change some things. So. And plus, you know, they've got a little bit of time. So there's, there's some more... Uh, events coming down right. the pike that they can out the sky reveal more about the storm and more about Interceptor Ed. Yeah, absolutely. Britt, what did you think of your time playing the game? I had such a good time. So whenever Steimer and I get to demo something together, it's always a good time. <laughs> we always have a good time. We always make people smile and laugh, and that's what we live for. But I was, I was really... I wasn't sure how I would like the Ranger because I'm more of like a tank colossus, and I'm not really good at like the zippy fast characters because I, my accuracy is strict. And so it's real bad. So I'm like, I like the tank because they're big and they're bulky. They move slower and I can actually like line up my shots. But I really like the Ranger and it felt, the controls were great. It felt very solid. And I appreciate how you feel the weight of your javelin. You know, not in a bad way, but you feel like you are in this actual suit and you feel the weighty and strong. Oh girl, wait till you play Colossus. You feel the weight. I feel it. Oh yeah. Oh man. It's like. The you're a hefty boy. You can soak all that damage. What's, what I really love about our time with the, with the game is the flying uh, gameplay that you see is like it feels so fluid. Jumping up, clicking in the left stick to start flying, holding down the right stick or clicking in the right stick to hover. Mm-hmm. So you can do aerial combat if you want or you can do uh, shooting on the ground. It was like the the flight felt so good. I love the flight. And it was a weird, like, visceral experience because, you know, the developer was like, okay, you're going to jump, you're going to click the stick, and then you're going to start moving. And I was like, oh, my, I was legit nervous for it. Cause, and I'm like, why am I, I'm just going to spawn if I die. It's no big deal. But, you know, you had to fly out, touch the waterfall, and come back. And I did not expect to feel so, like, intent, intimidated by it. Obviously, it controls fine, and I love the flying, but I thought it was really, really natural just 
intuitive. Yeah. I just love how Experience. much you feel like Iron Man. I and you're just flying around. And then also, so I finally learned the second playthrough, I learned how to dodge midair. Ooh. And you really are Iron Man with that. You're just like, woo! Like, you just zip around. It's so much fun. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and dodge through the world. Like, it's really, it's cool. And then another thing that I've noticed is that so the your jets have an overheat mechanic, and so you can't just fly forever. However, I've noticed that if you zip down and up, it going down cools your jets off a little bit. So if you kind of do this, like do a little wave motion, you can get more longevity out of your jets. It's like a very extended dolphin kick. Yes. Oh, there we go. There <laughs> yeah. I like it. Dolphin it. through the air. It'll be great. Exactly. I really like the combat too, setting up the combos. Yeah. I think that's going to be really fun to throw out your frost grenade and then have somebody use a flamethrower and it's like combo and I like that aspect too. Yeah, so I got the chance to talk to the team about this a little bit more in depth. Uh, some of the producers and, and people backstage. So what I... What I noticed immediately during my playthrough was that it felt a lot like the Mass Effect combo system God, yeah. with the primers and the detonators, and they were like, yep, that's coming back. It's going to be different, though. Instead of doing uh, like the kind of biotic things Ultimate. that were, or the tech, um, what was the other class in Mass Effect Destroying. that had the, the primers and the detonators? Um, wow. The, it's yeah, the, it's the so tech class. Yes. With the, with the turret thing. I ah! Engineer? It happens. It's a I, think, I, think, I think that it's, might be what it is. I'm slipping my mind right now, but the, the system is all about the elemental combination. So, yeah. for example, the Colossus has, or the Ranger has a frost grenade, and yeah. then the Colossus could come in with the flamethrower, and you could combo them together to set off a whole group of enemies, which is really fun to do in combat. When Summer and I were playing together, um, we got to do that in practice, and like just the, in just in the second playthrough, we were able to pick it up like pretty quickly. Yeah, I had playing it again. I'm like, immediately you just jump in, you know exactly where we, we accidentally. So there was another person with us. We accidentally like drugged that guy from behind. We were like, we know where to go. <laughs> like we just zipped off. So sorry. Like, yeah, and then we were like, oh, sorry, because when you initiate into like the the stronghold area, it just pulls whoever's in your group with you, oh. regardless of where they are. So he was coming Which regardless makes sense. if he wanted to and or so, not. Yeah, yep. we were like, you're coming with us. Come along, sir. Exactly. Well, uh, what's, cool, what's really great about, you know, what we got to play is that one of my biggest concerns coming into E3 and getting a, a new look at this was the combat. I was like, yeah. I was not convinced. You know, I said over and over again, you know, people keep comparing this to Destiny and what Destiny does well is the combat is so fantastically done. Bungie really nailing the first-person shooting in that game. The gunplay is awesome. Not that I've had a bad time in Bioware games, but the combat was not really why people are attracted to Bioware games, right? right. We want story. We want the relationships. We Thank want you. these crazy characters that are on our squad, right? And that's Thank what you. we were really looking forward to checking out, and I was really happy to feel how fluid the combat was in the demo that we played. We didn't really get enough story elements here, but mm -hmm. I understand that they want to keep a lot of under, that under wraps, but I would like to see how that's going to work more. Yeah. But we did get a little bit of a bummer piece of news. Here no at banging. We did. No banging. There's no, no yeah, there are no romances, and there's no traditional uh, companion characters like you know mm -hmm. in Mass Effect. You have your followers, and Dragon Age you have your followers. Um, there's nothing like that. However, I think that's fine, and I'm, yeah. I'm okay because like I want developers to be able to branch out and try new things and do new things with their games. 
Um, and plus, like, it seems like other games are sort of picking up the mantle for this romance thing. Oh, yes, they are. Do you, is that a segue? That's a segue. You want to transition into another game? Yeah. Okay. What she's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> this is another one of our favorite games from E3 2018. Um, of course, sadly got leaked right before E3. Damn so keychains. Silly keychains. I keychains know. ruining everything. But I was really happy to see it come back. Uh, there was a lot of speculation about maybe Ubisoft taking a year off, um, as they did last year. But they have so many teams around the world. Uh, not surprising that they had another Assassin's Creed in the queue ready to go. And yeah. I have to say, I think it looks great. Oh, they are implementing a lot beautiful. of RPG changes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, now your character, you can choose dialogue options for it. Exactly. Which is like, what? It'll be interesting to see how that plays out long term. We got a little bit of gameplay here for you guys. Um, so, of course, we've got these two characters you can choose which can, is awesome to be yeah. male or female for the entire game. It's so great. And also, the lady has a cool braid, which is what <laughs> I'm all about. Oh, yeah. Good Samba. video game hair. I love it. Steimer's ideal video game, banging braids and capes. Mm, I'm into that. I feel like it should be a t-shirt. Like, of a braid. Like, Well, you can't do a banging. Never mind. It just no. got weird. It just got real weird. You're going to have to workshop this idea. Yeah, workshop I, I it a little, a little more. Microsoft Paint. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Genius idea. we got to put that on the docket for next time. <laughs> next month, for sure. Well, this game just looks so beautiful. And Assassin's Creed Origins was also beautiful. But to me, like, this crystal blue water, this island... It's just beautiful. Greece is just well, a beautiful Greece, area. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you go to Greece in the actual world, it looks, it looks like this. <laughs> in the in actual the real world. world. What's that? I'm a real boy. No, yeah. just kidding. Um, <laughs> so we got to see a little bit of story. Uh, Socrates made an appearance in the demo here at E3. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get to see some of the battles, but uh, we got to see some of the dialogue options. And, of course, we discovered that there are now romance you options in Assassin's Creed. You can so flirt. I wonder how that's going to play out. Like, yeah. And I wonder how many sure. people you can choose to flirt with. And are they going to be just I little like side pieces? Greece, everyone was pretty fluid. They kind of did what they wanted, so like I'm, I'm down if that's the way that this plays. I think it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I wonder if it's gonna be like a main character within this story, or if they're gonna be like side care. I'm just real excited for this. It's gonna flirting, be interesting to see how they, as this franchise continues to grow, how they're gonna preserve its roots while also expanding into yeah. new territory. I mean, I really enjoyed the RPG elements that they added into Origins. Obviously, it was one of my favorite games from last year, but. I think that I also don't want them to stray too, too far. far away from what Assassin's Creed as a franchise is, yeah. right? Because it's one of my favorite franchises of all time. And while I love that they are bringing in different styles of gameplay, I don't, I, I don't to want me, them to I get like rid of everything the, the they've added so far feels very natural. That's true. It doesn't feel because when I was playing it, I'm like, this still feels like Assassin's Creed. Like, it doesn't feel like a completely different game. So, so are these characters assassins? Like, do is it following that typical? Do we know? So we don't know. We don't they know. They kept okay. a lot of the storyline about um, what happened in Origins and how we get to Odyssey mm-hmm. a secret. And we don't really know how these protagonists fit into what Origins kind of set up. Kind of like the beginning of the Brotherhood mm-hmm. with Aya going to Rome. And now obviously we have Greece. We do know that there's a conflict between Sparta and Athens, right? Yes. Um, and that we basically are going to have, like, you know, to pick a side, I think. Duh. So. And it just, yeah, so you play as Leonidas's like, grandson or grand 
daughter, I assume. Is it Grant or are they, or is I, it the direct descendant? I can't remember. You know, I don't remember either. Whoops, should have taken more notes. Should, Listen, it's uh, been a long we time. have barely been eating, barely been sleeping. We don't have time. Don't shoot the boat while the dolphins are there. I know. The dolphins run away. Footage. Danger, danger. Um, but no, they can see the footage on the stream. So, um, I like that the ship combat is back. I don't really need a ton of it because we have Skull and Bones coming later. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but I do like that they brought it. Cause, just because this is such an aquatic region of the world, it, it makes really makes sense. sense to have the ship battles return. And look, they do water so beautifully. Look at those waves. I love video game water. It's gotten so oh, good yeah. now. Right? I it's, could just stare at the water all day. Like, water watching simulator. I feel like it should be a just, game. They should just have, like, yeah, I a will boat. fund you. Just riding a boat through the water. Just taking a Doesn't nice relaxing. relaxing. Yeah. That sounds actually real nice. It does sound nice. Well, you <laughs> can set your steed to autopilot. Maybe you can set your boat to autopilot. I think if you can tell us stand of E3, because we're like, you know what sounds real nice? It's a video game where you just sit in a boat just and you just sail through relax. water. <laughs> you just listen to the ambient noises of nature. Uh, yeah, that sounds real, really good. That sounds so nice. It's true. It's true. But this is also coming out this year, which is exciting. So you don't yeah, have to wait crazy. too much longer to get this game. But as you can see, your little eagle pal is back. I don't know. I'm curious about the size of this what game. What her name I know is this that, time. Um, Origins was a little, a little much for me. Too big? Yeah. So I'm hoping this will be more. I know what you're thinking. The pillow is not here, Brittany. There is no the pillow. The pillow's back Insert in the studio. Insert that's what she said. Pillow right here. Thank you. Goodbye. I agree with you that I thought Origins was a little too large. Well, the thing was is that there was a lot of sections in Origins that didn't open up until the very end of the game when you had to hit like level 38 or whatever, which is like super end game content. And then you had those large, expansive um, sections of, like, sand dunes. Yeah. Where there really wasn't a lot of content. You were kind of just traversing mm -hmm. over that. So I would be happy if they kind of, like, you know, made it a little bit more dense. But um, we got some more underwater stuff happening. Clearly we are... You can hold your breath a real doing, long um, time. underground or treasure hunts once again. <laughs> Do either of you get... I always get anxiety whenever I go underwater. In well, I, I upgraded that underwater breath ability right away. But I, I just mean in general, even if you know that you have a lot of time, like just being under there, I'm like, oh man, I would be dead. Yeah, because you're being timed essentially, I'd be right? I just panic. Yeah, I don't like being timed. <laughs> what did you guys think about the kind of mythical elements coming into play since we're in ancient Greece? It's named Odyssey. We saw some key art of Medusa. So cool. There was you a ready? Minotaur at the very end. Of exactly. One of the, one of the promotional pieces. And you just immediately were like, which. can I ride you? I was like, Minotaur! <laughs> Mount! And he's like, no, I mean. And I was like, oh, okay, we kill you then. I stab you with a trident. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's going to be one of the weapons in this game. I hope so. That'd be I'm awesome. Sure. Um, this is, um, I mean, it looks good. I'm excited. I'm ready for more Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This fall is going to be packed with all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to lie. I could have gone another year. You could have waited. Uh, I'm, I still think this looks great, and I like the additions that they've made. So I feel like I'm definitely going to get a lot of play. I think that's the this. thing, right? People are worried that it's not going to live up to... Odyssey, this expectations that Odyssey has set because a lot of people love that game. Like this feels like yeah, this that Origins has set. Sorry, yeah, the Origins has set. It's been a long week. That Origins had set, and, and folks were worried that the next installment, in this case Odyssey, would suffer a bit. But from what we've seen and from what I've heard, it doesn't look like that's the case at all. No, they still don't quite have the lip sync animation yeah. quite down. But it, I. I think I'm at a point where I can forgive them for that because everything else looks so beautiful. And this is one of the big things I talked about with Origins in Ancient Egypt from last year about just the world building that Ubisoft's teams do. 
And uh, we talked about this a little bit on our GameSpot panel as well, where we were just discussing how they do such a great job with the history of these regions that they go to and how they, you know, added discovery mode last year and hopefully they're going to add it this year too. Yeah, it would make sense. Um, and now this is the battle scene where I got my ass kicked, you guys. I got, so I ran into this scene. This is the first thing I did and I just went, ran in there and uh, they, they just, they walked on me. <laughs> these guys with the shields. I hate the guys with the shields. They're yeah, the worst. shields are annoying. Got to knock them down with the mace, like, apparently. And, and yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a blunt weapon no, person. I, like, I don't like slow weapons. Yeah, I like the dual blades. Those are more my speed. Or the, I just give me a flaming sword. That's really all I want. <laughs> so did the combat feel identical to Origins? It felt very similar, yes. But what's different is in the left-hand corner there, you can see those face buttons with the LB prompt there on the shoulder. So you hold that down, and then you hit one of the face buttons. Those are abilities. So you've got a health regen ability, you've got a shield break ability, and then you've got a, other, a couple other abilities, and you can customize those. Ooh. So that's part of the progression system now. And of course, they have like a, a cooldown timer on them, so you really got to be strategic. So that adds in a nice layer of uh, combat techniques that you can kind of use at your disposal to make it more your own, right? And really kind of tailor it and customize it to your playstyle, mm. which is cool. Yeah, I'm into it. So, but I think we're going to move on from Assassin's Creed because we've talked about it quite a bit. And as much as I love this game, we have a lot more stuff to talk about. So let me go to my list here Good. and see what we got next. How <laughs> about... Oh, okay, yeah. Go for it. What do we want? Do we want superheroes or zombies? Superheroes! That's only you want to talk about Spider-Man? Yeah, I was about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider Spider I, yeah. I never remember the words. I mean, I, I mix up the actual <laughs> song with the Spider-Pig song. That's what I do. Yeah, I know yeah, from yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah. Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig. Spider-Pig does the Spider-Pig does. Does he fly? No, we can't. He's a pig. I don't remember. Anyways, you can fly around. Let's look at you. Oh, my God. Spider-Man, the people rolling right now is just Spider-Man going through the city. and So you ladies have played this. The movement is... So much fun, and I heard. Yeah, that's what I say. I heard the movement and traversal is just like excellently done. It's yes, nice. it feels very feels fluid. Good. I love the animations that they've done to make Spider-Man look like he's having a great time while he's swinging through. Like the, he's doing flips. He's like casually doing a one-handed web to something. You know, it, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, it was really great. So I had uh, Brian from the Insomniac team on the Facebook game uh, live studio. If you guys want, you can check. Uh, Facebook.com slash E3Expo to see that interview. And he talks about how they really went back to the old comics and pulled some Spider-Man's classic poses from the artwork in the original comics and really tried to incorporate that into his traversal. He also spoke about how that team really took a lot of the learnings that they had from Sunset Overdrive and brought that into this game as well. Of course, you know, that was an Xbox exclusive game that uh, we talked about, too, when we were, like, hoping that yeah. they were going to be incorporating some of that learning because the traversal in that game was so fun. And this is everything you guys are looking for in web-slinging. Like, we, so when we played in the demo, we were just holding down R2 on the, uh, on the DualShock. Yep. And he just goes. And it felt so fluid, up, down, sideways, wall running. Like, it was just... You guys, I can't wait for you to get your hands on this game in September. This is this is the Spider-Man game that you've been waiting for. Yes. So and the combat feels really good, too. And, and I think you mentioned this, Andrea. It does have, like, a bit of a, of a Batman-y feel to it um, in terms of, like, how you're comboing, the, the moves you're laying down. I also think it's interesting that they've given Spider-Man some tech 
So like their web bombs oh, yeah. um, and other sort of gadgety things. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but um, and uh, then the other thing Brian I think was mentioning was Zeus hey powers. Which oh is yeah, cool. this is a new thing too. So uh, if you, it's kind of like a super ability where you like uh, press the sticks in together and it activates the suit power because you're going to be crafting. There's a crafting mechanic in Spider-Man where you're going to be crafting suits and the different Spider-Man suits have different suit powers, which is, you know, they are, we're only showing up a little bit here at E3 because obviously, you know, they want to save yeah, some secrets, some but... Um, I hope that the crafting screen is him, like, with a needle and thread. He's just sewing these things together. Like Peter Parker, like, straight up sewing his own suit. You know, I got to say, I am definitely going to pick this game up, and I'm definitely going to play it. I don't know if I'm going to love it. Yeah? Just because it's a city. Come on, you know me in cities and buildings. Um, You're like, I I don't like cities, and I don't like like trees. (laughs) (laughs) It's... And, and superhero stuff has just never really been my cup of tea. I understand the appeal and all that, but it's really going to come down to the story for me. And I, we don't know too much of the story, do we? Well, not really. Not they, enough probably to like... talked about it a little bit on several other streams happening here from E3. So I'm sure if you guys want to seek the story content out, mm-hmm. you can. We're not going to go into it here. No, so as long as the story is engaging, and I didn't know if I'd like the Batman games either. You know, Arkham Asylum, for example. And that ended up being one of my favorite games. So I'm sure I will love this. Um, but yeah, I'll just have to be hooked. So that's why I don't really have any interest in playing it like in the middle or like a demo like this because for me to really get a good feel I have to start from the beginning and get stuck into the story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's great about uh, the conversation I had with Brian was that he talked about how they did get influence from Rocksteady's Batman games for combat. They got influence from Devil May Cry and a bunch of other series yeah. and it really shows when what you play because the combat does feel really fluid and I mean... You get to shoot webs at people. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, you have a lot of also, like, contextual things you can do. For instance, you can, like, web things and smash them onto people, um, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, basically, I just like to be Spider-Man laying out concussions left and right. (laughs) And then the other thing that I'm really excited about is just the fact that it is Spider-Man, which means, unlike the Batman games, which are very, like, dark and moody, this is very light and fun, and I, I can use, you know, it's always nice to have light, fun games, and Spider-Man's very quippy, so, it, you know, I'm sure he'll have some good one-liners in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit, because we have a sure. lot to cover and not a lot of time. All right, time do we, we want to talk about next? <laughs> we want to talk about Zambi. Yes, Zambies. we do. So, Britt, <sighs> how did you feel the moment that Dying Light 2 was announced? That was awesome. So that was at Microsoft's press conference. And as soon as it showed the the UV light turn on, because that's the safe house and the, the zombies don't like that. They're very upset about it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I lost my mind and I was really excited. I had a feeling this game was coming. I am very, very happy it is because I loved the first one. That Zion Light is probably the closest a game has gotten to being my perfect ideal zombie survival game. It has the story, it has the characters, it has the environment, and I'm all about it. So Dying Light 2 this time around, because the way Dying Light ended is shit hits a fan. There's really no happy future for the city of Huron. Oh, just look at this. Oh, it's so pretty, so good. Um, and so this game is going to take place in a fictional European metropolis 15 years after the events of Dying Light. They are calling it the modern, modern dark ages. So People asked in our press interview, are there going to be guns 
and guns are one of those really super duper rare things in Dying Light that you know you're not going to really see a lot of guns. So, which leads me to believe you're going to rely on the crafting, which is so well done in Dying Light, the first one, and you can create some really trippy weapons. So, for example, at one point in Dying Light, I had a sword that was electrified and also had a flamethrower on it. Whoa. And so, like, I would swipe my sword, chop off the head of a zombie. It would be convulsing because it was electrocuted, but it would also be on fire. And that's amazing. So this is something that we saw from their early Dead Island days, right? So Techman uh, created the original Dead Island game, and I... We, we, we didn't really get the, these wacky weapons this, as much we'll as you mentioned in the original Dying Light, so I'm really happy to see that they are incorporating that more into Dying Light 2 because I actually really like that part of Dead Island. Very cool. And so the main thing coming to this is you have Chris Avalon, who's known for making, working on very story-driven RPGs. You have ex-Witcher 3 devs that actually were in charge of the Bloody Baron quest. Oh, cool. They are working on the story for this, too, so they're really going all in with the story. And you can make choices this time around and yeah, that dramatically affect. So when we were watching the demo, you can side with the bandit because there's a water tower. And it's like, what do we do with this water? We kind of need it to survive. And you can either assist the bandits right here. And if you assist them and join their team, what will end up happening is people will start charging for water. The area around it will look dirty and not as kept up. But you get to go there and get a part of your profits from the business they're running selling the water. If you don't side with the bandits and you kill them, obviously, you know, it's more clean. You have a lot more security. People are happy. But there's always consequences to that. There's no, like, Paragon Renegade choice here. You know, it's not cut and dry. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out because I think it's going to add so much replayability to this game. I'm interested in that aspect of it. I'm just such a scaredy cat. Same. That I'm really, I don't, I don't so, know. So, <laughs> so here's the thing is, so this takes place 15 years after the first sign light and there, the zombies do come back, the infected come back, but they're not, they're much more scarce this time around. Okay. And so in the beginning, like, cause they don't like the sunlight, sunlight's real bad for the zombies. So you'll, during the day, you're going to see a few here or there, but they're going to be kind of slow and shambly. They're not going to be like chasing you. Okay. But if you were to go into a dark building, let's say in the evening or during the day, you're going to have like, so on the show floor, there's those volatiles down there. And those are what are, there's like hundreds of them inside the building. It's kind of like I Am Legend in that sense, if you've seen that, where all the zombies like congregate sounds, in the dark have place. It sounds horrible. And then at night, they all come out and like get you. I don't want in my life at all. <sighs> I am so excited. I still have nightmares about that movie. <laughs> and I haven't seen it in years. It's so good. I am just thrilled for this game. I'm happy the zombies are coming back. And one of my concerns was that they were going to rely too much on, like, people are douchebags. And they're, the, the conflict was going to stem from that. But it sounds like it's going to be a nice mixture. I'm very excited. Oh, and co-op is coming back, by the way. Yeah, Yay. they confirmed. They weren't really talking about multiplayer no. here at E3 this year. But they did confirm that multiplayer is coming back. Uh, so maybe they'll have more to announce soon. Yeah. yeah. All right, Simer. Yeah. You got to play the Division. I did. Oh, I played that too. I did. Oh, you did? I did. I didn't get a chance to play it. I spent my time playing Assassin's Creed. Okay, I ladies. loved it. Did you? So also? let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, playing the Division two. I only had time for a quick fifteen minute match. Is what it took oh, us. Okay. Um, a match. It was like. Yeah. Did you? We did like a. We went as a team. Went to like. Secure a, a control point. Sorry, and that's what I meant by a okay. match. Like it was, a, it was a, a firefight, a, a mission, mission. Yeah, Sorry. words are hard, friends. <laughs> uh, it felt very much just like the division. I mean, obviously you have the new special abilities and whatnot, and I didn't get to tinker with them too much. 
So you might, since it's fresher in your brain, you might have more to speak on it. But it felt just like the division, and it that's felt, not a bad thing. It felt really good. It, yeah, it felt like the division. I thought I felt maybe a little better, like a little sharper. Um, and then also for me, visually, this game is stunning and so much more interesting to look at. Like I love New York City. No, it's great. It's a city, center. but it's a city, and it was snowy and in it winter. was snowy and pretty gray. Yeah, and this has so many colors and vibrancy and like seeing. Things like the Capitol building, yeah. but everything kind of destroyed around it is really cool. And yeah, we've seen, I mean, we've seen that in other post-apocalyptic games, sure. But for whatever reason, I think that the art style and the color palette they've chosen here really mm -hmm. plays well with that. And uh, I played as a survivalist. So one of the things that um, you do at the end of this one is like, as you hit the level cap, you then specialize. I played the one with the heavy duty crossbow that shoots electric arrows, I think. Like, like explosive nice. arrows. That was super fun. <laughs> There's a deer. So, funnily enough, in the, in the demo, like, we walk out, and I see a deer. I'm like, oh, can I shoot the deer? And I just headshot it. And the guy in the demo was like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I, I just want to see if I can shoot it. <laughs> I, and he was like, yeah, okay. And everyone, like, was really shocked that I I would have done the same the thing. I mean, you got to eat. You got to test it out. I was right? like, I got to go skin the deer, eat the deer. It'll be good. That's not a, that's not a mechanic in the game, No, though, it's right? not. You don't do that. No, it's like when you, you kill it, it just falls down to the ground. They don't and, let you uh, kill your own food. You have to kill somebody else and steal their food. Yes. That's about right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, apocalyptic games, that's part of the shtick, right? It is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it felt it felt really good, and I'm more interested in the environments, I think, in this world. So I think it will... Same. It will... Uh, and it's once, it'll hit the spot. It looks a lot more open, too, than the streets of New York, which is something I really appreciate, too. So when we played, you, I'm assuming we played the same level. Um, yeah. You got to go inside an airplane, and you could take cover in there and look around in there and just, you know, making it different and sprucing it up a bit, I think will go a very, very long way in this game. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. This is something I see myself playing a lot with you, Andrea. Yeah, they have not with me now, though. It's too. fine. So uh, you've, I think we've I was yet to play that. a multiplayer um, game together. We're still waiting for an invite. <laughs> yeah, you still haven't even accepted our friend third request. Third wheel, third wheel. It's fine. You have to accept so our friend request on the platform. I mean, she's got a point. If we're gonna play together, we gotta be friends. We are friends. Not on PlayStation. I don't think so. Oh. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I have that pet, that friend request has been there for about three years, Brittany. <laughs> it's okay. I'm breaking tech over here. She is calling you I'm out. sorry I said anything. Damn. I'm 10 feet into this hole, Steimer. Uh, Let me live. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I, I'll pull you out of the hole by talking about the next game on our list, which is one of my faves from the show, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh. So yeah. we got to see this for the first time at E3 last year, and they gave us an extensive hands-on time here at the Xbox Showcase. This is, of course, appearing um, at the Xbox press conference on Sunday. And I really love the changes that they've made. So I traditionally don't like a lot of um, 2D platformers. It's just, it's just not my genre. Not your jam. I spent a lot of time playing that back in the day. You know, Super Mario Brothers is uh, one of the all-time greatest platformers of all time. You're not wrong. And I know that it's really popular in the indie scene, that um, platforming, Metroidvania type of feel. Not really into it. But, man, there's something about Ori as a character and the world of Ori that just gets you. I was really 
really impressed with the pixel perfect platforming of Ori in the Blind Forest. And getting to play this and seeing all the updates that they've made, it just has me even more excited. So for people who are watching on the stream, and if you guys missed the video, if you were listening on podcast, if you guys want to go check it out, I mean, the, the graphics just look beautiful. I love this art style. It's it's just so pretty, and it's so and the music is so well done. And they've added some new traversal mechanics. So they have this um, kind of grapple hook, which we saw a version of in the in the previous game, but they've kind of changed it up just a little bit here. Um, and the, they've changed the skill tree system so that you can kind of customize how you play Ori a little bit better. You have more flexibility. They have uh, a new weapon system, so you kind of have this like this blade. I don't have the exact names of the things down because yeah. they, have, they all have spirit names, and I don't remember what their spirit names are off the top of my head. But you have like a bow and arrow that you can use in addition to the blade, and then you can upgrade and customize these. So if you would rather go melee or ranged, you can kind of ch change that up. And they've really unlocked it in a way. So when I was talking with the, the team from Moon about this game, I thought it was really great how he addressed accessibility issues. Mm -hmm. So we praised earlier this year uh, the game Celeste for their fantastic accessibility. And I think a lot of developers are looking to what they are doing and what some other games are doing to say, hey, how do we make this game available so more people can play it? Because Ori was pretty difficult in some sections. Yeah. There and was we, a lot of controller throwing for me. Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny because we talked about that section in the in the tree. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm, where the, the water's coming the, up after you. Ginkgo tree or something? I forget what it's called. I don't called, remember what the name yeah. was. Mm. So I told him about how I died, I think, a hundred times in that tree trying to get oh, yeah. out of that tree. And he said what they really wanted to do this time around with Ori was to make sure that they weren't locking the game into specific, or weren't locking players into specific encounters in the game. So he was like, you know what? We wanted players to be able to take on challenges, but if they weren't ready for the challenge, if they could leave and go explore and continue collecting items and leveling up and get, making Thank themselves you. more powerful, <laughs> yeah. and then come back and take on that challenge when they were ready. And so they've really opened up the world in that sense. Yeah, there's... I love platformers, I really do, but it's hard when you're on the flow, and because I never played a lot of the first one, so during the demo, I was moving around, I was grappling, I was doing things, I felt real cool, and then I got to a spot where I was just like completely and utterly stuck, and I'm like, what do I do here? And then the developer came by, and he's like, okay, before you do that, you can go do this, that, and the other, and I really appreciate that, because there's nothing worse than getting stuck in a spot, and well, it just completely disrupts the flow. Like this because yeah. you, when you start the game from the beginning, and you progress, like it teaches you in such a way and you know everything at your disposal right. but when you're just dropped in you're like wait i have powers I, yeah. I didn't even know i could dive in the sand like that yeah that's cool that's yes yeah, oh it was really fun to use too yeah so if you're watching the the gameplay ori has this new burrow ability that allows him to dive into the sand like water you kind of like spin around in it and then you can um, kind use of it to like fire yourself. out, yeah, yeah out of the, the sand. and out of the sand. And it's cool because you can also use it to get underneath enemies in certain sections so that you can attack them from underneath instead of going at them head on. It really just kind of changes up the combat in a way that feels really good. And of course, like the controls feel like nice and tight and crisp. And yep. I just I'm, I can't like wait game, for this game. I, it's coming out in 2019 though. Yeah, right? they don't have a specific date yet. And I'm like, but it it, it feels so good now. <laughs> right? They did a really nice job with the demo here at E3 this year, and I'm just so excited to see where they go with the story. I mean, 
I, I talked to him. He said that there's probably going to be another tearful moment in this game. Of course. And I was like, why? Why, why? you got to make me cry why? in this game? But um, I'm really excited about Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So. I, I'm going to continue probably messing up the name and calling it Ori and the Blind Forest. That's because fine. I just... Uh, it happens. Just call it Ori 2. I'll just call it Ori. Ori. You hopefully will be able to figure out which one I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you will. You'll be able to figure it out. Yeah. Um, we have a ton more games we want to talk about, but another thing we wanted to, to touch on uh, before we uh, wrap, because I know we're kind of getting short on time, is... Yeah. Uh, Destiny 2's Gambit mode. Oh, yes. So I know that you guys are probably thinking, why are you talking about Destiny 2? There's so much new cool stuff. Like Resident Evil 2, but that's fine. We're going oh, to get there, girl. Don't worry. Um, we so, we champin, still got it. Is it Champin, not the bit? Is that, champin. It's Champin. It's actually called Champin. Well, technically, in our, uh, in our discovery, we decide, we found out that you yeah. can use both. Okay. Champion or Champion. Okay. But if you want to go the more champion, you know, you say Champion. Champion. Um, All right. But we're, so we're just going to say this real brief. It's really fun, you guys. It is very fun, and we dominated, and that also made it more fun. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> hoping that people who've stayed away from Destiny or don't do Destiny PvP will jump back in and give it a try because I had a ton of fun with the Gambit mode. So is so one person from the opposing team can go into the other team, right, a and recap it? portal opens occasionally, and you can d go through, and then you'll be on the other side, mm -hmm. but you'll be sort of buffed, and... Honestly, like, anytime anybody was invading, I didn't realize it because I was play, so busy with all of the PvE elements. But so, like, you'd be like, oh, I'm a lot of ads. Yeah. There's just a lot happening. So, like, you can get in quite a bit of kills if you're invading the other side. Yeah, and it's, it's so rewarding and satisfying to pick up the moats. So as you, as you kill these enemies off, you pick up these light moats and then you have to go and drop them off. But yeah, it's this risk-reward system where you, the more moats that you're carrying the bigger blocker or the bigger enemy that you can send into the uh, opponent's side oh. to kind of heckle them and harass them. And so, like, you want to maybe go drop off when you have two or three, but you really want to hang all out right, for, right, like, seven right. or eight. Let's yeah. Maybe 10, 12, 15, you know? Come but then the more you but carry, then if you die, you, you lose, lose all, all of, of your moats. Ooh, it's a gamble. It is a gamble. It's a gamble. No, it sounds fun, and I don't really enjoy PvP, but this looks like a very accessible mode for someone who doesn't really want to play with a lot of real people. I mean, you do, but you don't have to actually go against them. Yeah. You do, but you don't. I think yeah. that's the appeal. Yeah. I actually didn't, didn't invade the other side. I did. I took, I, I took the opportunity to invade. It's fun to go over there because you have a really big shield. And so you could soak a lot more damage than you normally can as a guardian. Because it's 4v1. Exactly, because there's so many ads. Um, and I think like once the mode is out for a while, people will get better at managing when the invaders come in. Oh, absolutely. But like once you invade, you can really just go in and just like boom, 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 take off the other guardians. Particularly for people who play a lot of PvP, mm -hmm. I imagine that clans are going to have like designated invaders on their teams and on their squads, right? You're going in 4v4, we're going to have like the one person whose job it is to like always invade. Really like who's got the strongest KD ratios in, in Crucible. Mm -hmm. Not probably who's going to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's really fun. You guys can see a little bit of the gameplay here on, on the video. But we're not going to spend too much time talking about this because you guys know that we love Destiny. And Brit, I can tell, it's champing. I'm champing so hard. Champing at the bit to talk about Resident Evil 2. Do you did a little bit of streaming in the Capcom booth. How I did. That? that was very surreal for me. So Resident Evil 2 was my very first Resident Evil game. Played it when I was nine years old. Don't ever, ever, ever do that. 
it scarred me for so many years. And then I eventually hopped back in with the help of a game shark and action replay when I was 13. Infinite health, RPG, I was good to go. Nothing could, nothing could stop me. Uh, and so obviously you were recording me during the, the reveal trailer. Yes, yes, I was not even watching the trailer because I knew that I had to have my camera trained on Brit. And oh. man... The best gif of all time. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so happy during a press conference ever. I was wearing my Liam on clear tank top. It just was perfect. You were ready. I was oh, yeah. oh, I was beyond ready. And the way that you and Jake geeked out when we were on the co-op stage, and that if you guys haven't seen that video, again, head on over to GameSpot.com, or you can go to their YouTube page um, or their Twitch channel. Like, I... Love that you two are like getting like oh. really nitty oh. gritty into the details. Like, oh, did you notice this thing? Did you so notice like, that? This and person. And I are about like, this? And Simon and I are like, I have no idea what happened. <laughs> no, it is so cool when you get a game and reveal like this for something you're just that passionate about, and it's just oh my gosh, amazing. So anyway, Capcom I think saw that GIF and they were like, hey, you want to come by and uh, stream some Resident Evil? And I was like, are you kidding me? So it was super surreal and just. You know, when you, like, think back to reflect on it, like, the nine-year-old me is, like, freaking out, right? Yeah. And it was just crazy. Anyway, so the game itself. So Resident Evil 2 follows Leon and Claire, and this is the first time we see Raccoon City. It's Raccoon Police Department, the T-Virus, the outbreak has happened. Stuff's hitting the fan. I don't know if we can swear on this live stream, so I won't say it. <laughs> and who hits the fan? Who? And obviously, you know, back then when that game came out, like what was like mid 90s, all tank controls, fixed camera angles, um, not a lot of different character models because this was a PlayStation game and the technology just wasn't quite there. So this time they're using the Resident Evil 7 engine, the RE engine is what it's called. And this game looks so pretty and it's doing the Resident Evil 4 over the shoulder camera so you can see all the detail that's being strewn about in this game. So because I was streaming, I didn't get to play like how I normally would, which is gawk at every little detail for probably more time than I should. So I kind of like went through the story and did what I was supposed to do, which was wonderful and amazing, but I cannot wait to dive into that game and just check out all the details, read all of the memos, all that stuff's coming back. There are new puzzles to discover, new areas, and it's just, I, I can't wait. It looks so good and it feels so good. And ammo is scarce. Turns out, you know, you have to, you have to use your ammo but yeah, sometimes you also have to run past the zombies, and you can't do that because they'll eat you when it's bad. Hey, getting eaten doesn't sound like a pleasant time. No. I do not sign me up for that. Well, I mean, and what I like about the survival horror in Resident Evil is it is more slow-paced and atmospheric. There are the jump scares. There are the arms that are going to, like, come through the boards and get you. There are crows that are going to try to eat your face off. But Why the, crows? Why? I mean, you know, they're, are they're hangry. Wait, are they like zombie crows? Why are they? Why are the crows attacking you? Because they, they're the zombie crows. They're oh, very okay. upset they and are. mad about okay. life, and they're trying to eat your face. I don't off. know much about Resident Evil, so I'm not it, sure everything could be zombified. Yeah, basically. Right. Um, so there, but there are jump scares like that. But it's just the pacing of the game. It just is really atmospheric, and it's not twitchy. It's not like you're using like a AK or whatever, and like spraying bullets or anything. It's slow but methodical, but in a good way. It's 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 a really great survival horror, and I'm just. I'm excited that you're excited. Me too. I love it when people love things as much as you love Resident Evil oh, too. I'm so excited. And also, one last thing I'll say, and then we can move on, is we are going to see more about specific characters. So there's Chief Brian Irons. If you're a Resident Evil fan, you know he plays a very very important role in covering up what the Umbrella facility is, Umbrella Corporation's doing. We're going to see more on Cherry and the Birkin family and the G virus, and it's going to be fantastic. Oh, girl. Eek ribbons are coming back. It's going to be great. 
these I these will, looks right now. I will like, watch you happening? play. <laughs> I'm not going. To, I'm not going to play. I'm just saying it right now. I will just take tofu? your word for it. You can play as tofu. What? Don't like, worry about it. Like like the like. the soybean curd. Yeah, like, absolutely. No, it's a person, right? Tofu's a person. But it, it's literally tofu. What? Wait, what? I'll tell you when you're older. Okay. We can do um, that. Okay. I'm lost. <laughs> you should explain it to us later. I will. Everybody. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, yes. So we didn't actually get to play this game. No. But we saw a really fancy gameplay demo at the PlayStation Media Showcase. And we were standing in a church... With like a thousand people, it was crazy. Very not, sweaty. Not ideal. I would prefer to sit in a theater again. Um, with more AC. Yes, with more air conditioning, indeed. But wow, <laughs> what an impactful trailer slash demo. Cool. Like, yeah. The I mean, Naughty Dog really just showcasing that they are best in class in facial animation. That like, kiss. Yeah. Oh my god! It's an actual like kiss. Like they're like touching. No, I, mean, well, I feel like video game kisses are always really awkward. They're always so awkward. And uh, and yeah, this one was not. Yeah, exactly. It's like sort of <laughs> it's like, like two at, like, boxes trying to like kind of yeah. It's just not good. And sometimes they don't even quite touch. And it's and then there's really, the weird slurping sounds, and it's yeah. just all sorts of awkward. This nailed it. Really good. Oh, sorry. I like how they kind of start. They, so they started the trailer with, uh, you know, this setup and this exposition and story, which you know, The Last of Us does so well. And then they went into this combat encounter. Yeah. Um, and, like, the, the sneaking. I I kind of was a little disappointed that they went for a human encounter instead of the clickers. I was kind of hoping to see sure. if they were going to do something different with the infected this time around. Because we don't know, right? Because it's been, obviously, X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Had they the, died off? Yeah. yeah had they yeah, mutated more? Yeah. Are they going to be I'm sure, look different? I'm sure that side of the story, which is probably why we didn't see anything just yeah. yet. But, oh, my God. So, wait, you'll play The Last of Us, but you won't play... It's Naughty Dog. Come on. I know, but I'm just saying that game is also very, very scary. Well, so, here's the thing. Poor, yeah, suspenseful. We don't yeah, have to go exactly. down this road, but okay, it's fine. No, 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 this is no, this is a fair, it's a fair question, Britt. Um, the reason why I'm going to play The Last of Us is because, I, first off, I played the first one, and I really enjoyed it. Now you're it. invested, yeah. Yeah. I could also play that on easy and I could take my time and it wasn't like scares all the time. There was a lot of human encounters mm-hmm. in that game. It wasn't just like monsters all the time. Whereas in Resident Evil, it's like, oh yeah, right? Zambies for days. So it's like, there's a lot of like creep, creepy stuff happening. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just also like am invested in Ellie's story now and I want to see like where it's going to go and you know, where she's at. We've seen so much from them already. I say so much. It really isn't that much, no, right? No, they've not shown that much, But actually, it feels but like, like they've given us They've given enough. us an interesting taste of the different characters and, like, aspects of what's going on in the world. Yeah. How society um, has rebuilt itself, in a sense. Or their not in a great community. way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the weird cultist things that apparently really like disemboweling people, mm-hmm. not into that. That's pretty gross. No. I'm good. I'm good to pass on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know we're not going to talk about it too much since we didn't get hands-on with it. And... I do want to hear from you ladies about Cyberpunk 2077. 
Yeah, so this was a game that was one of the most difficult games to get into here at E3 because they were doing a demo that was almost an hour long, which is traditional for CD Projekt Red. We were talking about how we saw The Witcher 3 here at E3 several years in a row, and they had these long demos because they just had so much to show because CD Projekt Red packs so much into their game world. So first impressions, Britt? I, okay, well, first of all, it was 9 in the morning when we had this appointment. Yes. I was solo half After asleep. a long night. After a very long, <laughs> glorious evening. Um, I, I guess what I was really blown away by, it was, not blown away by, but what I was surprised by is how RPG-y they're getting in the yeah. sense that, you know, you choose your male character, female character, you can customize them, but there's no class, right? You have, I think it's like six different. You have different attributes attrib- and you're assigning fluid. points to them. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's there's very, like constitution, it's, tech strength and so it's a fluid it's sort of like that. very traditional pen and paper rpg in that sense like right. when we built out those D characters okay the, the sheet like as you pull up it kind of looks like that and so you can be like all right is my character somebody who's going to be more charismatic or are they going to be more like brute force type thing and um, there are upgrades that you can use so in the demo that we saw she upgraded her eyeballs she got us yeah so, so the whole okay. world of cyberpunk you're people have a lot of modifications like people are modifying their bodies to become more machine-like and one of the things well not one of many things you can do one of the things is a scanner so that she got an eyeball scanner and then she got a something on her hand hand implant that makes shooting easier and does something else i can't remember so you can upgrade your character you can upgrade your body to make gameplay change um depending on how you want to play which is pretty cool so the rpg mechanics in that game look awesome you know me in cities, so I was a little nervous, but I always told myself, if there's a developer out there who can do it, CD Projekt Red can get me into a freaking city, and I will love it. And I I am very excited for this game. Um, I can't wait to explore. It's hard because when you watch a demo like this, is you know, you walk out, and you want, I want to explore my apartment. I want to see, I want to read the emails that we are prompted to read, but of course, for the sake of saving time, they didn't. And I want to, you know, get to know. For the sake of time. It was still an hour demo. But, yeah, there's just there's so much. Yeah. And then you walk out and there's through. this huge city. So the city is called Night City. And yep. there are six different districts within this city. And as soon as he walked out, it was just like, dang, I want to explore all of this and see where I am and really immerse myself. But obviously, we couldn't. Um, I think it looks great. I don't think I need to see any more. I think the um, one of the interesting things to me was the guns. So I think the guns yeah. were probably the strongest thing that I saw from that demo because they all had an interesting dynamic to them. So one of the guns, your I call it billiards bullets. That's not what they called it. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm making this term up. Um, where you can ricochet off. So, so if someone's behind cover, you can like use the walls to ricochet the bullets off something. Oh, like you're comboing like, in, in pool. Yes. Yeah, it gives you a track. Yes. You're just like, ching, ching. Yeah. And, you know, it shows you where your bullets are going to go. There was another gun that they had where Ooh, the missiles. bullets would just, they were basically mini seeking missiles. And they would, I, I, to me, I was like, this gun seems kind of OP and like kind of may, might make combat less exciting. If you're like, I can fire anywhere and it fires at the person. Maybe ammo will be limited for that gun. Maybe. I'm not sure how they're going to balance it. Um, there's that. And then, ah, the shotgun, I think, was the other one I was thinking of. That was oh, yeah, cool. the shotgun, because she would slide down. The shotgun down would also blow through cover. Blow through cover and blow the legs off of people. And it was wonderful. That yes. sounds awesome. There, the best part, so Britt and I had a good chuckle at this. So there was a part where it, the, where it slowed down because it was going into, I think, I think they activated slide. an ability yeah. where, like, sort of, like, bullet time or whatever, where, it's, like, things slow. 
but they did it at the time where they went and shotgunned this guy's legs off. And it was like, oh no, my legs. And like, because, but it was drawn out. The the vocals were drawn out. I was like trying not to bust out laughing, but it was, it was a funny moment. So Um, how would you describe this game, Simer? I mean, it's, people are saying Deus Ex with Mass Effect. It's like Deus Ex, Mass Effect, GTA. GTA. Because you do drive around, like cars are a big thing in this game as well. So, we don't have too much time left. I want to know, how do you guys feel about CD Projekt Red doing first-person shooter? The, to be honest, the one thing that sort of turns me off about the game is the fact that it is first-person. Because when I'm playing an RPG, and this is why I never really got into Deus Ex, is because I want to see my character. Now, that's not to say you don't ever see your character here. You do. And if, if when, There's a lot of banging When in you're going game. into um, cutscenes yeah, and things Project like Red, that. That sounds right. You can, you'll see your character. So it's not like you're, you're never having that connection. But to me, there's just something about it where I feel I get more disconnected when it's first person than when it's a right. third, uh, third person perspective. And like they've got such cool clothes and like they've got a whole array of ways you can customize the way your character looks. And so to me, to not be able to just spin the camera around and see myself, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, the shooting, I'm sure, is way better. We didn't get to play the shooting. I have no idea how it feels, but... It still feels early, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This game, I mean, based on what they showed, like, how ambitious... The things that they were talking about, like, they don't want any loading times, or not loading times, loading screens. So things like that. I'm like, this, uh, they'll take their time building this. It's a, it's a ways out, I think, is what we're trying to say. Well, we didn't even get to talk about Nintendo. We're going to have to save it for next week. Britt, can you oh. wait till then? I can. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's this face? No, I can. Okay. <laughs> we have so much more that we played, too. I played Rage 2. I want to talk about that. You know, um, also played Hitman 2. want to talk about that. I saw Control, Remedy's new game. Awesome. We can talk cool, about cool. that. I'm sure I, d- I don't remember. I have Unraveled a list of things on my phone. Like, I- I'll think of I something I'm going to talk about. I, uh, but we'll do, uh, we'll do our things. E3 impressions yeah. uh, part two next week once we're back in the studio. Um, we have to give a big thank you to Facebook and Facebook Gaming for hosting us here. You guys, we have so many awesome interviews. We had special guest Jose Sanchez. We had special guest Jared Petty. Yep. Uh, you guys can check all of those interviews at facebook.com slash E3Expo. Uh, I was in the E3 Coliseum uh, with uh, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, which I also played, which we didn't get to talk about, yeah. from Don't Nod, so set many. in the Life is Strange universe. You can check out my interview with Michelle from the Don't Nod team there. And also, I did a great talk with Sarah Lynn Smith from Blizzard and Laura Bailey. Yeah. We talked about her character, Kate, who's coming back in Gears 5. Oh, so yeah. all kinds of amazing E3 content for you guys to check out. Again, that URL, facebook.com slash E3Expo. You can find all of those videos there. And we, of course, will be back in the studio um, next week with our pre-show. If you guys want to get in on that, don't forget, patreon.com slash whatsgoodgames. You can get in on our pre-show. You can submit your questions. If you guys have any questions about E3... That is a new tier on our Patreon. You have the uh, Google Forum all set up. Mm-hmm. Again, one more time, patreon.com slash what's good games. And I think I think we can call this E3 oh, we a wrap. Can we wrap it? Can we wrap this yeah. E3? We did, we did it. it. Thank you so much oh. to everybody who stopped by the stream. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>